This is the Ultimate Guide to Partnering, the top partnership podcast. In this podcast, Vince Menzione, a proven partner sales executive, shares his mission to help leaders like you achieve your greatest results through successful partnering. And now your host, Vince Menzione. Welcome to the Ultimate Guide to Partnering for a special session shot here at Redmond at Microsoft Studios. I'm excited and delighted to be joined by Sharon Schoenborn, Microsoft's Corporate Vice President for the Americas SMC, Small, Medium, and Corporate Business. Sharon, so excited to have you here today. Vince, it's wonderful to be here. Good to see you. So good to see you again. You know, it seems just like yesterday, but it's been a couple of months since we were together in Dallas, Texas for our live event, which we co-hosted alongside your town hall. So much excitement in the room from partners. I was hoping we could sort of ground here for now and talk a little bit more about that excitement and what you've been seeing. You bet. Well, first of all, Vince, thank you for your time in Dallas and also the standing room only event that you ran with us. Uh, yes, you know what? SMC is really one of the main growth engines for Microsoft, and it's such a diverse and dynamic segment. And uh, I have the pleasure of leading our America's business, and partners are really at the core to our success in the way that we deliver growth. And we help to realize the value of their investment with our customers. You know, I've been talking about this acre of diamonds, uh, <laughs> my own quote, but Russell Conwell, who was a minister and founded Temple University, uh, coined this phrase many, many years ago. But I believe the SMC business is maybe misunderstood in many respects, or we're helping to help partners better understand it, right? We, a lot of these organizations tend to cluster towards the large enterprise. And SMC sounds like SMB to a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. And then also the organization of that was sort of, uh, it's, it's evolving, right? I was hoping you could help our viewers and listeners better understand how it's evolved. Yeah, now. it's a great question because we have changed a lot over times and I must admit we can be comp complex as well. The best way to really think about SMC is the fact that it's two distinct segments. Okay, so yes, as you say, the true kind of core SMB uh, business, uh, which very much is partner-led. We'd say about 80% of our revenue for the SMB business. Typically, customers, 300 employees or lower is really what we'd consider SMB. And then above that, corporate is everything under the top enterprise, um, commercial, and public sector customers. So within the Americas, we have roughly around 14,000 managed corporate customers and the millions, obviously, within the SMB space. Sharon, such a massive amount of business within the SMC sectors, the two sectors. I was hoping maybe we could double click on the two segments and how you go to market in each of them. Yes, we'll do. Well, why don't we start with the corporate business? And um, over the last number of years, we've really standardized the way that we engage with our corporate or managed customers across the globe. You might recall from your days back at Microsoft, it was probably sometimes a bit unique by country. And some yes. of the things that we've done in our corporate business is to structure our sales team in pods. So typically a pod would have around 300 customers within it. And what we do is we, we rally our account executives and our specialist and technical sellers to align to that set of 300 customers per pod. Um, and with that, it gives, us, it gives us a center of gravity to engage and to team, and especially to be able to make sure that we're optimizing the, the platform opportunity with each of our customers. 
And what we do now also is having standard marketing strategies and solution plays. So when we think about each of our clouds across Azure, modern work and business applications, we have standard solution plays that we go to market on. And that really is the standard socket that we want our partners to snap into, yeah. right? In terms of their offerings and go-to-market strategies. So we have, we have go-to-market plays for those across corporate and the ability to then drive account-based marketing you know, interest within those, then catch by our um, field sellers and obviously together with our partners. You know, it strikes me as you're talking here, I was thinking about the conversations we had at your town hall and our event mm -hmm. and just this massive opportunity and op the opportunity for your teams to double click. And in fact, I believe I heard you say to your team, you can't get to the customer alone. You need to work directly with or work very closely with the partners. I was hoping, you know, we talk about the opportunity and doubling down and double clicking with partners this year. Can you talk more about your commitment within the SMC business to partners? Yeah, boy, I could go on here for a little while, uh, Vince. I think if I if I go back to the corporate segment for a mo just a moment, and then I'll speak to SMB because they're um, they're two unique operating models. I would say in the corporate business, you know, I really do see our channel as an extension of our sales force, right? Yeah. And so, but the art is how do we best align to be able to optimize an engagement with each other? Because that can be a really hard thing. You know, there's far more sellers in the channel than I have within my team. And then how do we how do we get that interconnect at the right point in time? I think a couple things. One, going back to the solution plays, that becomes a really critical alignment point for how our sellers are going to market and when we're looking for really highly specialized partners to be able to help um, drive that demand and ultimately realize value for customers. I would also say that the, um, the opportunity for us to align on acquisition and upsell within the within the the base boy our upsell opportunity is massive acquisition is huge uh, upsell is massive especially in markets like the US or even Canada where we have a high penetration across the the business so we really need our partners, oftentimes our CSP partners who are leading those engagements with customers to be thinking about how are we operationalizing the customer lifecycle management cycle within the existing base of customers to be able to help realize the value across the platform? Yeah, and there's a huge opportunity here for these partners to double down here. And you know, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the announcements that have been coming yeah. around AI and other areas. But as I think about it, it's moving away from just the transaction and, yes. and, and you say ups, upselling into the organization but adding additional capabilities uh, to, to drive that. And, yes. and what I think you're, I hear you saying to partners is it's time to double down yourselves, build your competencies, align to our solution areas mm -hmm. specifically. Mm -hmm. And then also when you're working with the, your account teams, better identify where you make a difference. Yes, you know, if I had um, a, a magic formula with our partners and, and especially where we're investing as businesses in line with those solution plays, uh, obviously starting with deep skilling, and that's an area that we're investing in quite significantly, but really asking our partners to drive those certifications and the advanced certifications and differentiating themselves then with a differentiated go-to-market offering as it relates to that. Ultimately, um, our channel incentives are probably one of the areas that we invest the most to be able to help recognize our partners and be able to invest in their businesses and be able to then help optimize what that transformation can look like um, within our partner organizations. We realize that's a big shift. It's a big shift for us. You know, it really has been. 
five years ago, Vince, we could have been sitting here and, you know, it would have been a very different conversation about the go-to-market um, solutions. And so our partners have done an amazing job to really lean in, but we need more partners to be able to think about how am I going to differentiate in the market with the specific certifications and specialization and being great at that yeah. and being great at that. And that's what I think one of the most critical things of being able to partner really closely is differentiating the market around a, a solution area that, that partners aim to excel in. We're at this moment, right? I mean, Satya was just recognized as the CEO of the year. I mean, just an amazing job that he's done in his nine or 10 years as CEO of Microsoft. But the investments, these massive investments in AI, right? I mean, this, this last year has been astounding. Mm -hmm. And what it says to me and to all of us, I remember Kevin being up on stage at our event talking about this, like take the time to learn every day because it's changing yeah. every day, right? AI is infusing, is being infused into all of the Microsoft products and families. Mm -hmm. uh, and the opportunity is massive for partners. And what I hear now that's different when I talk to Microsoft sellers is we're having different conversations than we've ever had with those organizations. We're now in the C-suite and we're having transformation conversations. And what I think I hear you saying, in fact, is partners need to lean into this transformation in a big way. What, what, what else would you say about that? Yeah, at first I would reinforce the point about learning. You know, boy, I've been at Microsoft for a little while now and I would say every day I have to force myself to make sure that I'm taking one step ahead in terms of my own learning because if I'm not, then I'm falling behind. And I think that's the same for our partners, right? Yeah. And so the opportunity we have is now. You know, when you think about what our customers are aiming to achieve, typically it's around some level of operational efficiency or being able to adapt their business models or really improving their customer engagement strategy. Our customers are leaning into this moment because they also know that if they aren't thinking strategically about how AI is infused in the way that they operate, they can be left behind. Now, one of the things that I'm most excited about is that when we have a platform opportunity at Microsoft, as you say, we're really infusing AI across our solution set. And I'm especially excited about the fact that we now have Copilot for Microsoft 365, that it's going to be available to our CSP partners and through our to our customers, through our CSP partners. But what that means is it really opens up the ability for our smallest customers in the market to have access to enterprise-grade AI capabilities embedded in the solutions that they use every day. I mean, just think about that for a moment. That's incredible. And the opportunity that we can have to, you know, really increase the productivity of our customers and help them to innovate yeah. in ways they've never been able to, it's incredibly exciting. I just can't wait to see what our customers do with it. I mean, this is this, the excitement around this announcement is just, I mean, I, I, I think, well, first of all, I am an SMB. Ultimate Partner is a small, medium business. And so now I'm able, because I feel like the haves and the have-nots. I've had all these conversations with Microsoft, people like yourself, about all the tools that you're able to utilize, mm -hmm. right, that are infused within Microsoft 365. And I've been on the outside of that, right? I've, ha I've had to use more of the pedestrian tools. They haven't been infused into the platform for me. So as an SMB, I'm excited about that. Also as a partner, partners were also smaller organizations yes. that maybe haven't been able to take advantage of these capabilities. Yeah. Um, I think, first of all, the, they become evangelists because they become users. Yes. And what Microsoft is doing as well is this democratization of the technology, right? It's not only for the very large enterprise mm -hmm. organizations any longer. 
It is, and I mean, let's just talk about our small and medium business customers for a moment. You're spot on, and it gives us opportunity to really open up capabilities um, that that I hope will will stimulate innovation in the market. Over 90% of our customers are small and medium businesses, right? And uh, you know, our channel would understand this intimately. Um, MSPs really are the IT department for so many of our SMBs, yes. right? Um, oftentimes our SMBs do not have internal IT, it's their partner that are going to market with and, and looking for guidance. And so I'm really excited about what this opportunity means for our customers and for our partners to be able to really activate this innovation. And, you know, um, but of course, as you say, uh, you know, internalizing it and being able to be best practice leaders in the use of AI. So, you know, I would say this today, um, with Copilot for Microsoft 365, I challenge myself every day to try something different and see how I'm getting value out of it because that's the best way for us to demo to our customers, right? You talked about partners quite a bit here and I, you know, I'd be remiss. This is the ultimate guide to partnering. What do you see from the best partners you work with? Boy, I think back to the point of um, creating a differentiated capability and ultimately go to market offer and being really, really great at that. Because I think that, especially when we talk about the, the managed space, being able to be really precise about how you're differentiating in the market, um, because we need our partners to really lead and drive growth there and not always have to be in hand-to-hand -hand combat with our sellers. I've got a much, much smaller sales force than, than the market demands. And so yes. I think differentiating in the market off the back of um, that, leveraging the skilling resources, and then really importantly, uh, leveraging Partner Center as a way to uh, connect into Microsoft and then, of course, Marketplace. Yes, we'd be remiss too if we didn't bring up Marketplace, right? This huge opportunity area. And I, you know, we at that event, we brought all the partners together. So we brought some of the ISVs had been the creators of platforms, as well as the selling partners into the room. And I'll, I'll, I'll be candid here and say that some of those selling partners have been kicking and screaming away in a way and saying, you know, they've been they've been slow to adopt marketplace. But I've seen a change and maybe it's just been the last couple of months mm -hmm. now. I believe a lot of them are now leaning in on Marketplace, would you agree there? I would, I think it's still early days. And I think the ability to have private offers in Marketplace is gonna be a really important um, opportunity for our partners to, to accelerate growth for sure. And I also think about it, you know, Microsoft has always talked about partner to partner. And yes. um, this accomplishes quite a bit on the partner to partner mm -hmm. side, because now you're able to take multiple solutions and I'll use the term stitching them together, mm -hmm. right? Because the customer is not buying one thing. In fact, they're not talking to one organization. They're not just talking to Microsoft. They're not just talking to a partner. They're looking at several different areas, whether it be security or some line of business application or multiple line of business applications. And they have a transactional partner that they're working with. Marketplace just offers that opportunity, that private offer to pull it all together for the customer. Mm -hmm. Lit up by the amazing capabilities within our channel, right? In, yes. terms, of, in terms of making it real through uh, projects and also activation with each customer. I'm so excited to continue to partner with AG1. Many of you know I made taking a green drink supplement part of my health ritual for 21 years now, and it has made all the difference to my health and well being. About six years ago, Athletic Greens, and now their product AG1, became my go to supplement. AG1 is the first thing I take every morning to power my day. 
It covers all of my nutritional bases, supports my gut health, gives a boost to my immunity and energy levels. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash Vince M. That's drinkag1.com forward slash Vince M. Check them out. So we are kicking into 2024 in a big way. Uh, for Microsoft, it's the second half. It's H2, right? Um, I was hoping maybe you could spend a moment here, maybe any great advice for these organizations on what they should be doing differently now that we are in the throes of 2024, that we're in the throes of Microsoft's H2. What would you say to those partners to do better or differently than we've seen before? Well, a few, a few areas. One, back to the point of learning with all the innovation that's coming to market, really leaning in, role modeling that every single day and making sure that across our teams we're building the capability to have those differentiated offers. Again, I'd come back to leveraging the partner center to be able to be the surface area engagement to connect into Microsoft. I would also say um, really pressure test, really mm -hmm. pressure test your growth strategy and ask yourself, are we really um, betting in areas where we can differentiate and be amazing? And as we then think about more and more solutions, really make sure that that comes together in the overall customer value proposition. I think sometimes we can get a little broad yes. and then, the, then that runs the risk of not, um, not differentiating as much uh, in the market. So I think those are those are really key areas, but at the same time, get energized. Like, yeah. I don't know that that takes much uh, doing these <laughs> days because it's such an incredible moment yes. in our industry. I'm energized. Are you energized? I'm, I'm energized. <laughs> I, so, uh, you, you know, you mentioned something too about getting very specific about what your superpower is. I like to talk about the being the shiny quarter and the bucket full of shiny quarters. There are so many Microsoft mm -hmm. partners uh, some struggle with the differentiation, but lean in or niche down to where your real strengths are and focus there versus right. trying to go broad. Right. And the partner that, that tells me I've got 250 competencies and capabilities, uh, I, I lose focus. I lose. Mm -hmm. They lose my attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a, a an important thing to um, recalibrate and reinforce, and at the same time. Uh, we have some partners who can do it all, right? Yeah. In terms of the, like, and then, so that's one yeah. really important thing in terms of looking at the unique partner communities across the market, because um, depending on the profile, whether we have global system integrators, national um, system integrator um, uh, services partners, CSPs, or our MSPs, really, again, it comes down to uh, where we can t together drive the greatest yeah. growth. Good point, good point. You know, Sharon, I'd love to pivot. I have many listeners and viewers that are earlier in their career, in their career journey. So I would love for you to spend a moment here. Was there a spark? Was there a pivot? Was there a mentor, in fact, that helped you get to this? I mean, CVP at Microsoft is a big deal, right? Corporate vice president. Tell us a little bit more about that journey. Wow. Um, do you know what? I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate to have found myself in tech in the 90s and ha am a person who enjoys change. I actually relish and, and uh, embrace change. I think if there was one thing that 
grounded me the most early in my career. I had an opportunity early in my career to work in mergers and acquisitions, mm. but more on the people side, on the integration of acquisitions and working with leadership teams right after an announcement was made to come together. And I, I studied and even got my grad degree in leadership development. Wow. And the the one skill that I feel has served me throughout my career, especially as I've moved on in leadership, is around change leadership. It's about the EQ side mm. of engaging and leading a business. And ultimately, all of us as leaders, all of us together with our channel are leading change every single day, not just strategically, but certainly with our people. Yes. And so I think having really gone deep into the principles of change leadership uh, that at an early stage of my career, that has been a pivotal asset for me uh, ever since that point in something that I greatly value. I'm still working on it, by the way, but at the end of the day, uh, it's my job to be a great leader for my people as we lead change and ultimately deliver business results. And I encourage anyone who's earlier in their career to actually really get curious yeah. about the principles of leading change uh, and some of the fundamentals I think will serve you really well. Fundamentals and principles, right? Mm -hmm. Warm my heart in terms of and, and driving that. In fact, uh, I would love to know if there was a book. Was there, was there a book that has been a favorite of yours on transformation, change, yes. or principles? Boy, there's a lot. Uh, like one, one that I think is really practical and one I would definitely recommend to our channel leaders is adaptive leadership. Adaptive leadership. Uh, it really speaks to the difference between uh, solving technical challenges from adaptive leadership challenges. And technical challenges are those that we probably deal with every single day as sales leaders, as business leaders. Adaptive challenges are those that are really addressing uh, longer term systemic changes that really require a level of deep and thoughtful stakeholder engagement to really get to an outcome that's going to deliver meaningful change for the business. And again, it, so much of it does come back to the softer side around change leadership, but especially in organizations that might be a bit larger that have broader stakeholder groups, it really is more about how do you create that common shared vision and really find a way to be able to enable that together and making some hard decisions as well. I love everything you've had to say here because we are driving a transformation like no other, I believe, during mm -hmm. this time. And what an amazing leader to be leading that now at Microsoft within this very large segment of the business. Mm -hmm. I have a fun question I love to ask every guest. Sure. <laughs> so Sharon, you are hosting a dinner party and you can host this dinner party in anywhere in the world but you can only invite three guests to this dinner party from the present or the past to this amazing dinner party that you're going to host. Mm -hmm. I'd also love to know where you want to host it. We'll talk mm -hmm. about that a little bit more. You've lived all around the world. Uh, whom would you invite to this party and why? Oh, I love this question so much. Can I, can I take a little bit of liberty with answering how, how I would do this? You know, <laughs> it's, it's early in the day. I'd love, uh, absolutely. I'd have absolutely. three dinner parties. Three dinner parties. And I'd want to go to their space independently because I feel that each conversation is unique in its own. And I'm probably more of an introvert, so I like the one-on-one -on -one engagement versus. <laughs> um, so the first I would say is my team would know. I'm the biggest 
Peter Gabriel fan. So I love nice. Peter Gabriel. I think he's an amazing human and I love what he stands for and, and uh, his music back to the 80s to today. I've been known to fly from Sydney to Chicago just for a concert. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, um, <laughs> but I think I would love to go to his farm where he has written uh, many of his lyrics and just spend uh, a very casual kind of picnic there, having a good conversation with Peter Gabriel to understand a little bit more about what's driven his mission, um, because I think he's a great human. Secondly, I would say um, my family came originally, like my great grandparents came from Germany and from uh, Czechoslovakia years ago. And so, and they, they, uh, landed in the Midwest, you know, ultimately in Minnesota uh, and had some pretty amazing um, experience, you know, finding their way and ultimately landing in their spot in in northern Minnesota, wagon trains, you know, bringing, you know, babies along in the the below zero weather in Minnesota. Staying, living in a tent in the middle of winter while trying to build a very simple house. Like, I would just love to sit with my great grandparents and listen and learn from what their experience was because I think it's terribly humbling and inspiring and speaks to an incredible level of resilience. And then the third, I would say, I'd love to go to Nepal and I would love to spend some time with the Sherpas in their, you know, maybe two or three in someone's home and and really um, understand a little bit more about what drives their spirit and energy and incredible capability. I think the Sherpas are the heroes of Everest. I think they're the the heroes of any major um, mountain climbing expedition. And uh, I just think that having a conversation to understand where that spirit and energy and spectacular capability is driven from. Fascinating. So fascinating. I might follow you around. I might have. Hey, that'd be fun. Where's Peter? Where does Peter live? Where's this farm? <laughs> oh, up in England. Oh, yep. All right. Well, Nepal sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you have you been a climber or? Oh God, no. 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 Okay. <laughs> We've had a guest who climbed Mount Everest. So I. Well, that's I, pretty I, special. That is. Uh, it's amazing. That's pretty special. Yeah. Sharon, you have been incredible. Uh, everything that I hope to. Have you, having you here today, really. I really enjoyed this conversation. Such an incredible leader, such an incredible time in your business. For our partners listening and viewing today, just an incredible time to be working with Microsoft and Sharon's SMC, America's business. Uh, again, one last, one last time here for our viewers yeah. and for our listeners. Any last words of advice, or maybe not advice, but just go-dos in terms of how we need to think about this year? Great. Well, hey, first, Vince, thanks for having me. It really is a pleasure. And I want to say thank you for all the work that you're doing with our partners. We really appreciate it. Again, standing room only event in Dallas a few months back. We really appreciate the the, the, the effort and the engagement. And for all of our partners, I just want to say a huge thank you. Um, Thank you for everything you've done. Thanks for all that you will do. Thanks for leaning into this opportunity that we have right now to help service our customers in incredible ways to innovate with this era of AI and look forward to really moving the dial together in the SMC business, not just in the next six months, but certainly in the years to come. So thank you very much. Sharon, thank you again. Thanks, Vince. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Ultimate Guide to Partnering. 
online at ultimateguidetopartnering.com or theultimatepartner.com. If you like this episode, I'd be thrilled if you left us up to a five-star review on either Apple or Spotify. And please subscribe to our new YouTube channel, Ultimate Partner. We'll catch you next time on The Ultimate Guide to Partnering.